So Milka B, I'm curious to ask you, to which level these living cells are intelligent and do they have emotion? I think even in soft robotics, we speak about the smart material and how the material can make the computation. And I think human also is a good example for mm. this kind of uh, intelligence. But for living cell, uh, if you speak about frog cell here, to which level they are intelligent and do they have emotion? Yeah, this is extremely unclear. Uh, it's not controversial, but I would say it's only something people have begun to think about in maybe the past 10 or 15 years. And there's this idea of basal cognition. And so we know now that there are a lot of organisms that do not have brains, but they show some sort of rudimentary form of learning and memory. And we've also seen examples of even single-celled organisms that are capable of hunting, swimming, sensing their environment, moving through through uh, complicated sort of mazes. Um, so I would say that while cells and xenobots and frog cells, we certainly wouldn't say they have the type of consciousness we would attribute to a higher organism like a human. Uh, you know, I, I doubt they, they are, they're thinking about their sense of self and purpose um, and, and, and identity. But on the other hand, uh, I'm fairly certain that there's a fair amount of computation and decision-making that's happening within a cell at any given time. There's there's choices that are being made that are not simply the result of binary programming. Um, you know, there's there's decision trees. Do I, do I divide right now if my nutrients are limited or do I wait until I have more food but then risk that I haven't divided? Um, do I take care of repairing or do I deal with some other pressing stimuli that's coming in? So I think there's a lot of signal to noise filtering and decision making that's happening at any given time. Unfortunately, what we just don't have are good tools to, to dig into how those decisions are being made mm. and, and what are the, the systems that are, are being accessed at any given time, because the information is just is just so large, even for one cell, the amount of input that that cell is getting at any given time from its environment, from its neighbors, from its internal state, from its physiology, from its you know, chromosomes, it's its really a lot to sift through. And, and you can't take out one piece and look at it in a vacuum because you're going to miss the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So maybe I'm curious to ask you in that case, how the, uh, maybe we speak about Fruxel, communicate with each other. Do you imagine how this communication is done? And also you mentioned they are not conscious. So maybe uh, we have a question here, but what do you think consciousness in, the, in biology is, is really looks like? Do you care about what's mm -hmm. consciousness in in human, maybe, for example, just out of curiosity. Yeah, so for the for how cells communicate with with each other, we actually do have pretty good tools for understanding that. So in, in many cells, multicellular organisms, uh, true multicellular organisms, where there's sort of a, a germ cell um, uh, soma division, they're directly coupled. So cells have what we call gap junctions. These are small holes that connect neighbors through which they can pass small molecules and signals. So this allows neighboring cells to talk directly and they can open and close those gap junctions and pass messages back and forth. And that's a very fast local signal. And then at the, the medium and long term, cells can secrete chemical codes to each other mm. that move over both short and long distances. So Within a field of cells, they may secrete a gradient that cells can follow. And if you want to go really far out, you can think about plants. And so if a caterpillar starts chewing on a leaf, a lot of times that plant will produce a alarm signal to its neighbors 
that signal the neighbors to start producing uh, anti-herbivore chemicals. And so this is sort of a secret language of plants that happens over sometimes a huge mm. area. Um, in the xenobots, we know that the cells talk at both a local and long-term level, and we're just beginning to decipher the types of, of codes that they're using. We think a lot of this is likely mediated by calcium, so the same way that our brain sends signals back and forth, the cells move calcium in and out of different compartments of the cells to communicate different aspects of what's going on. Um, as far as consciousness, I think that is a, an ongoing question for, for both the psychology and the, the biology field. And I think what we're getting good at is identifying the two extremes. So, you know, I think we, it's, it's fairly obvious when things are conscious, um, at least at the extreme level. And I think humans and, and most animals, we would say many of them are conscious. Mm. And I think at the most basic levels, when something is not conscious, when it's sort of acting strictly on programming, um, I, I would argue that a bacteria is likely not conscious uh, based on the evidence that we have. But I think in between there is an awful large gradient. And you know, based on evolutionary history, these things aren't switches generally that come on at once. They evolve over tens of millions of years. And there's likely to be a gray zone in the middle that's going to be quite hard to put into one pile or the other. And I think that's really challenging our aspects of, of how do you define consciousness? What is self? Um, I mean, even within humans, we're consciousness, but there's still a huge group of people that think what we do is largely deterministic. And if you can mm. really boil out all the physics of the human system, we're really just running programming, right? There's, yeah. there's sort of a tape that we're running. And if you were to play it back, things wouldn't change. So this is very much an open question and, and yeah. the definitions are not strict. That's a really wonderful answer. Yeah.